Kent's Classics this week, I'd uh, like to premiere the final chat that uh, I was able to have with one of Australia's finest acting talents, Hugh Keysburn. I first saw Hugh in Secret Valley, a TV show Secret Valley, on the ABC as a kid. The last time he was seen on screen was, of course, rolling a monster truck in uh, as a Mortem Joe on the Furious Road, George Miller's Fury Road, Mad Max. Fury Road. It was marvellous to uh, get to talk to you. I, of course, uh, you never know uh, when you get to talk to these people. It will be uh, for the last time. So here it is, my final chat. The man, the legend, uh, the memory. Uh, Hugh Keys, Burn, the Immortem Joe. Give him a hand. All good, all good. I think you've oversold me, really, but it can't be helped. That's all right. I mean, one can be a legend in one of those lunchtime. Well, you're, you're here. A, we are. You're a so, what are we? What are we going to talk about these movies? Well, I mean, well, I, well, well I, you know, I, I normally go through sort of ones I'm interested in, but uh, Hugh, I, I wanted to kick off this whole conversation with. Um, uh, I, I wanted to talk about where I first came to know you as a performer. The first thing I ever saw you in. And I'll give you a little hint. I'll give you two letters. Ready? Yep. WW. Golly. You see there, WW was a fine sort of chap. He was a developer, prosperous, and he was uh, he was for progress. <laughs> yeah. So these are the people that we need. Uh, and these are the people that are now in control. That's true. <laughs> but uh, for for those listeners in the United States, and I'm probably pretty sure everywhere else, what I'm talking about, uh, WW is a character you play called William Whopper, who was uh, yes, who was another he was a property developer. Yeah, he was he he was not a bad man. He was he, he was, was not a bad man. He was not a I bad don't man. play bad men. No, you don't. Not at all. You play forward thinkers. Yes. Yep, they're all Renaissance about, men. Renaissance men, and they're all about the long-term goals. They are all about the long-term goal, That's and they're true. all about stability. Yes, yes, and 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 some sort of some sort of order, so we don't have uh, too many people enjoying too much and making it terrible for everyone else. Yes. That's right. Yeah. Anyway, but oh, the character William Wobber appeared on uh, an Australian TV series uh, that was on TV from 1980 to 1982. Uh, on the ABC, it was called Secret Valley. Um, you can look it up online if you're really that interested. But uh, it was a staple um, for kids of my generation. It was a staple of uh, afternoons after school. And uh, it was one of the shows that was on um, in the afternoon. So, yes, that was my first encounter with you, Hugh. A very fond one, I must say. Good. Yeah, it was absolutely fabulous. But, of course, um, in most circles, when uh, your name appears, you've talked about in some of the um, the iconic, really, uh, Australian or exploitation era pictures, which includes uh, the first Mad Max, the original Mad Max. Uh, you were in uh, Stone, 
Sandy Hart. Stone, yes. Yeah. I think Stone started it. Stone started a lot of Ozploitation. He's a he's an underestimated fellow, that Sandy Harbert. Yeah. He's as mad as a cut snake, but he's he's a, a, a good and decent creature. Yeah. I mean that was that that has that has come on like uh, I mean it's now it's now revered. I mean he he literally was Sandy in his day, kind of like an Aussie. Orson Welles, you know, he was the author, he was the actor, writer, director, uh, everything really, wasn't he? Yep. Yeah. Yeah, he was. He the, certainly, yeah, yeah very, uh, one of the starting type of people in that whole time, which was a great time to be here in Oz. Yeah, yeah. yeah very good for Oz film in general, Ozploitation. Brian yeah. Trenchard-Smith was the next up for me in that whole line. Yeah, the man from Hong Kong, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, that was a and, great And uh, he also did a documentary, and that's where I really met him. He was doing a documentary on stone being made and interviewed us all for that. Yes, yes. And which is, so that was good. Yeah, and it's included on the... Uh, there's a lot of modern uh, <coughs> DVDs and Blu-rays uh-huh. of these okay. films, so you can see all these uh, vintage um, behind the scenes, if you will, little right. things. Uh, another one up was was Mad Dog Morgan with uh, Mad Dog Morgan. Yes, yeah. that was Moya Philippe. Yeah. What Philippe was, Moya. Uh, what was that like? Did you did you cross? I was only on that for about a day and a half, oh, okay. maybe two. So you never. So got... I, I just played a bad guy. I just <laughs> met that lovely actor whose name's gone straight out of my head. That's all right. But he, um, I, that was probably Hopper, what? Dennis Hopper. Dennis Hopper. Did you ever? Did you bump into Dennis in that day? I bumped into Dennis. All right, I was travelling in a taxi on the way to work with Dennis, and he said, "Have you got any drugs?" And I said, <laughs> oh, I've got a bit of hash." Right. And he said, "No, oh, give us a look at it." And it was a little bit of hash, about as big as the top of my thumb. Right. right. And he fucking ate it. <laughs> so I thought, well, that's charming. <laughs> but I was interested to see how he went for the rest of the day. It didn't, right. didn't seem to notice. Right, right. So that was good. That, he sort of went up in my estimation then. Did he just? I sort of thought, well, that's good. <laughs> he's he's a rigorous sort of chap. Right, right. And he, did he just bite it off your hand, or did he lick it, or? Did what? Did he just bite it, like take lick it off your hand, or? Yeah, it's like it looks like a lump of um, like an old rubber, you know, right, looked right. a bit. Dark and then he just had put it in his mouth, ate it. Oh, fair oh no, yes, I went like that too. I went, oh, yeah. Well, I was fucking pissed off. He was, <laughs> he was, he was very hardcore, Dennis, wasn't he? He was pretty hardcore, I reckon. Gee, but not but, as hard, not as hardcore as the next man. Uh, we jump forward a little bit in time here. The original Mad Max, the toe cutter. The well, toe cutter. Yeah. Yeah, he's a decent sort of chap. Yeah, he was very industrious, wasn't he? Yeah, don't fuck with the toe cutter. No, not at all. No, that, that that's first, right. That first experience in knowing uh, Dr. George then and, and that, in, in contrast to, you know, the, the, the other Mad Max you got to make later on, in contrast, what was that like, that stripped-down production and, you know, people... Well, M- Mad Max 1 was like a, a student film, really. Right, yeah. It was that sort of scale yeah. in terms of the um, what was available to us in terms of film infrastructure was minimal. Now, that was George Miller absolutely flat out on the edge, as bright as a button, blazing in a sort of 
really low budget environment. Yeah, yeah. And the next one, Fury Road, was George Miller as the accomplished filmmaker who had done a massive amount of work yeah. from the first one and was incredibly confident and had a massive budget. Yeah. And that was that was basically the difference. Yeah, so oh, yeah. George sure. George had become a, a, a consummate filmmaker, very clever and right, but, had all these things. Yeah, but would you say the the George Doctor George then and Doctor George circa Fury Road still possessed something that you saw in him that first time? Oh yes, he, all he'd done was to get get more knowledgeable right yeah more experience obviously yeah and just more confidence more everything right yeah yeah so a joy yeah totally, totally. so all yeah. of the all of the original sort of daring and all of that was still there very much but on a whole different level that's all yeah yeah and and uh, following sort of Mad Max, you you followed along, and and uh, Steve Beasley followed you into another sort of what's become a sort of a, a Steve reading. Beasley. Steve Beasley's at the Bronze. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't like to talk about them. They're rubbish. Oh, are they? Okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> you don't think the Bronze are rubbish? No, no. I was going to talk about the Chain Reaction. Ah, Chain Reaction. Yeah, yeah. Well. There you go. Yeah. There was there was a, a, a decent sort of Bisley appeared then. Right. Mel right. was in there. Mel was there in the garage. Was he? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Underneath the car, and George Miller was the second unit, well, the stunt unit director for that. Yes, yes. And reaction, yes. David Brax, who played Mudguts, yeah. rolled the hero car <laughs> the oh. day before we used it. Oh wow. Jeez. And there was a guy called Squeaky who was a mechanic who who had to rebuild the car all night. Yeah, he did, of course. Right, right, certainly, certainly. No, I'm sorry, I I, I didn't mean to sound like I was going down somewhere you weren't comfortable going there. Or... No, no, don't. No. I'm comfortable yeah. down any old barrier. All righty, no worries. Yeah, no I'm, worries. I'm 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 a rather large fan of the work of uh, a filmmaker uh, called uh, Werner Herzog. Oh yes, an and, excellent chat. I've been often curious to ask you if I ever knew if I ever got the chance to talk about where the green ants dream and yes. and working with Werner. Yes, an extraordinary and very pleasant and interesting experience. He's a very very serious character. Yes. He's also, you know, and he came round to the house and said, "Here's a script. Have a look at this. What would you like to do? What would you blah blah." And anyway, I ended up through all sorts of reasons um, lending him a belt that I have yeah. for the character that he. And then I played a bodyguard. I think I was, you know, only doing a couple of days on that. But he took me down to Melbourne and paid me handsomely, and was very sweet and very a, a very interesting man to talk to. Right, I can imagine. To sit that. and be with, and yeah. the the major theme of the Green Ants dreaming being somebody who could no longer no longer talk to anybody because there was nobody left alive that spoke his language. Right, right. And that was a serious uh, a serious moment, a serious thought. Totally, totally. Good stuff. No, I can imagine I, I, I can imagine just general conversation with Werner Herzog would be incredibly interesting. It was. And yeah. he had a he had a real sort of old fashioned adventurer's outlook to life. Yes. 
Yes. You know, he was constantly walking all over the place. He'd walked from the top of Europe down to Italy. Yeah. And done all sorts of things like that. And had an extraordinary pen, which on the back of it, um, you open up the top, sort of where you'd put the cap on after you'd taken it off. Right, right. And he had in there a sort of little fold-out stamp, right. which had his name and address on it. Yeah. And, you know, like tiny little sort of incredible details that, that were... Yeah. Quite fascinating. A fascinating man and his brother, Lukey, right. who was a very serious man, probably a bit more serious than Werner because he handled the cash. Right, right. But they were incredibly generous. Yeah. They didn't argue about money or anything. They were just very interesting. Ah, that's great. That's great. Um, and as we, as we sort of move up the line, um, mm? another one I've, I've actually spoken to with some, someone else. Um, who was in this movie? Uh, is it's all? It's called The Blood of Heroes. It's been, ah yes, yeah. twenty eighty six or was it? Yeah, yeah. It, it, yes. Salute to the jogger. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's also yeah. Is it all? It's also but it was called movie. Salute to the Jugger, I yeah. think, wasn't it? Yeah. Yes. But um, what was what was that experience like for you? Well, it was pretty good. I think I, I I didn't enjoy myself in that. I didn't enjoy the whole environment. I thought I'd okay. sort of. Uh, mucked up a bit. I can't quite put my finger on what I felt about that, but I right. felt like I wasn't, I wasn't heavy enough with Rutger Hauer and right. an offsider that he had. I let yeah. him get away with too much. Did you, did you get to, you know, get to know Rutger at any level? Away? No, not really. No. He was um, spent most of his time being filmed by a documentary crew. Oh, really? Okay. So he did. Yeah, he was a bit sort of standoffish, really. Oh, okay, really. Okay. But you know, not he. Did, he didn't diss me or anything. He oh, just, no, but, no, no. No, I just I, I, he strikes me as a very interesting character. Just, I think he is. Yeah. I think he probably is. Yeah, he certainly you got, if you, if you got to know had a good better, thing, but he. Yeah. he, he yeah. And and David Peoples is was is of course well regarded for his gift with the screenplay, but what was he like as a director? He was pretty good. Yeah. I think probably um well, I think all all round. He was probably a, a a little inexperienced as a director. He wasn't it felt to me like he didn't really wasn't really sure of his um of himself, and that might have been Rutger Hauer giving him some. I don't know. Right, right. But it was all good. I mean, it was no, there was no right, there was awful no, dramas or anything. Yeah, no, yeah, it, no, no slap and tickle or anything that sort of thing. Um, but uh, another uh, another thing that you're you're sort of famous for around the world that people associate you with was the Farscape series. Yes, Farscape. Now, there was a chap called Grunschlich I played in Farscape. Yes. Now, Grunschlich is a chick magnet. Yes. And he's a Renaissance man. Yes. And he's another of those men who is a builder rather than a destroyer. Right, totally. And the sort of chap that you'd want to have on your side, really. I think so. Are these, yeah. are these, uh, do you feel very close to these gentlemen in your own personal life? Or? Oh, yes. Do. I do feel very do. close to them right, in you, my personal life. And I take... It's like with the bronze in Mad Max 1. Right, yeah. Um, I have no time for them. Every time I have an autograph and there's a picture of any member of the bronze in it, <laughs> I always write, the bronze suck. And right. then I sign it. 
so even today I, I keep that um, uh, I keep that alive. I like oh, to do that. Oh well, there you go. That's fantastic. Yeah. But um, <clears throat> so just in case anybody missed, <laughs> the bronze suck. <laughs> there you go, folks. Okay. You've heard it here live and exclusive. You have. Yeah. There's no. There's absolutely no denying that the bronze suck. That's and, right. Yeah, and uh, and never the twain shall meet. But, never the twain shall meet. No. So anyway, uh, we come we come at last to the the top of the hill, and as I said at the top of our discussion, Fury Road is being voted uh, in the tops of many many lists, um, as they often make lists of movies. Yes. They'll be making lists of movies long after they'll be making movies. I'm convinced. <laughs> but um, <laughs> they'll be making lists. <laughs> yeah, eventually. But yeah. Um, it's 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 back in public consciousness. I don't think it ever really left. It was uh, for for the second time in his career, and with a character of Mad Max, like when the the Road Warrior, as it was known in the states, or Mad Max Two, as we called it, uh, came to the world. It, it changed uh, the action movie um, indelibly, and Doctor George. He's uh, he's older and wiser, but I tell you what, he gives those young action directors a run for their money yet again. Yes, he takes indeed. us down the Fury Road, and of course, uh, your lovable, endearing, warm-hearted, lovable old cuss of a character, Morton Joe. Yes. Um, he, he's just a sweetheart. I mean, I absolutely. I I at many points during the movie wanted to say, stop! Someone give that man a hug. He is such a warm guy. Yes. Give him a good hug. Yeah. And and give him his wives back. Yeah, and that's chiefly, I think, all he wanted them around for. A bit of hugs, a bit of support, love. Yeah. You know, because he's, exactly. I mean, he's the ruler of this, this mass empire. Um, he needs he needs people behind him. He needs the right people behind him. Indeed. You know, and what... You've, you, mean, you've picked it. Yeah. And I mean, now, on, I mean, the scale, obviously, as compared to the first Mad Max... Would yes. be like you know trying to have like a sixteen course dinner on a picnic blanket. Um, <laughs> so it's it's a massive production. You've you've probably this you've you've probably told this story a thousand times or you've answered this question a thousand times, but this is the this is you telling it to me. So it's different in that respect. Of course it is. Um, what what was what was the being on the Fury Road? That production, what was what was it like? What you know? It was like winning lotto. Yeah. On one hand, I couldn't believe I was there. I couldn't believe it was happening. Right. So all of those things came into play. Also, I was working with a lot of people who were in their forties, right. who were amazed that I was still alive. Really? Which was good. Okay. Well, they, 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 you know, a lot of okay. youngsters. You can talk to youngsters now about the toe cutter and they look at you like, who? Yeah. Uh, but if you say Morton Joe, they might, oh, yeah, all right, that's that. Right, right, yeah. So we had a lot of crew who were in that, I would say, 40-year-old bracket. I mean, they knew who I was. Yeah, right. But they were, they were saying <laughs> often, oh, how long ago was that? And I was, I mean, it wasn't 40 years then. It was 35 or something, but it was... Right. <laughs> A majority of their lifetime. Right, yeah. 
And so they were quite impressed about that. And I was, I was loving all that because they really took care of me. Yeah. Everybody absolutely took care of me. And that was a, yeah. a wonderful feeling. It was a huge... Yeah. I was in Africa for, what, six months? Yeah, yeah. Staying in a beautiful hotel, being looked after and yeah, led about like an old man. It was that's, brilliant. That's fabulous. Were you... Were, like it had it had a mass it, i mean the story of its gestation is just as fascinating as the film itself it is um were you always on dr george's list or? i'm never sure right. but i gather from other people that i was i was included early on in the thinking okay, for yeah. fury road so right, yeah. i have that on yeah. on um good good uh, knowledge solid word yeah yeah, people were just saying, oh, yes, well, George was talking about you at X time or Y time. Right. Well, usually you don't hear that stuff as an actor. No, no, But no, because, no. Of the, because of the uh, you know, background and history and all of that sort of thing. Sure, and all yeah. Sort of, yeah. yeah, so that was lovely. Because it really, it really was uh, probably one or if not the best... Uh, as as it's fashionable today for the to to remake uh, or do sequels or prequels or reboots of mm, old mm. movies, it kind of it it kind of is that and a very good version of that, but also something different. Yes, you yeah, I, I was I was very taken with it when I saw it. I I wasn't yeah. expecting it to be so yeah. so complete, so polished, so yeah. shiny and chrome. Exactly, exactly. But uh, it's just like I mean, there are there are young filmmakers today, uh, very young, um, and here's Dr. George, uh, you know, God love him. That whole time in that that leather jacket that he wore out in the desert, um, yeah. I heard he never took it off, or at least no one saw saw him with it off. Um, I've seen him with it off. Oh, you saw him with it off? Oh, that. Uh, I knew that had to be a bit cheapy. That story. No, it's not. It's it, it's. It, I mean, yeah, he he yeah he had that yeah. he had that jacket I, on. Because I watched on. an interview with him. He said he likes to wear the same thing like a lot. Yes. Yeah. Like he has he has like jumpers and stuff that he just wears all the time. Yes, and I I sort of quite sympathise with that. Right. Do you do that too? Do you have like a? Shirt? Yeah, probably. Yeah. Like but George a, and I are, are very much in love. Oh, that's we, good. We've had, we've had good times together. That's fantastic. Yeah, oh, and we also went through all sorts of ups and downs after the first one. Oh, sure. And yeah. that was all good. Yeah. And now it's even better. So right. we've had good fun. He has the most extraordinary amount of, um, what do you say, determination and endurance. Yes. I have never seen anyone. It was beyond me because I was I, I wasn't working when I was in Africa filming. I was just hanging about and flopping out about every once a week or something. And there was George Miller, yeah. five o'clock every fucking morning, yeah. out there doing it, dust whatever. Yeah, um, remarkable. I couldn't believe he was doing it. <laughs> just every yeah. time I saw yeah. him, I'd yell greetings and salutations and yeah. tell everybody who was in the air shot what an incredible. I, I think it's I think it's always fascinating how much more vital some of these really accomplished filmmakers become as they get older. Oh yeah. Like you I think about see. Kurosawa directing something like Ran in his eighties, <laughs> and and it's a massive battle sequence, and there's this little old man sitting on his little old 
yeah. stool, and he's not yelling. There's no one yelling. Right. He gets up and he talks to the director of photography. He says, are we right to go? Good. And he just says, all right, and then it all goes, you know. Yeah. And George strikes me, because, I mean, he's got such a that beautiful bedside manner voice like a doctor. He has. Uh, yeah. He isn't like a doctor. He is a doctor. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, he's sorry. Yeah, like a doctor. He's yes. Just, yes, Dr. George. But, Dr. Um, George. Sorry, Dr. George. I actually met him once. Like I actually met him once, very briefly, in Melbourne many years ago. Um, he was at the traffic lights down near the casino. Right. And... Uh, just from the back, like I only saw him from behind. It but was, you knew. Yeah, it was distinctive. And then he turned around. And he had that. He used to wear that all the time. He had a little tie or something that had three chilies on it. Oh yes, yes, that was a shirt. Yeah, and was it three chilies or four? I think it was three. Okay. It was three. Yeah, it might have been four. But I, you know, from where I was. Standing, it was hot anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I just without. Without thinking, tapping him on the shoulder, I just yelled out, Dr. George, and he turned around. <laughs> and he goes, hi, you know, oh, hi, how's it going? You know, very soft. Yeah. And I just said, oh, look, I don't want to stalk you or anything or disturb you. <laughs> I don't know where you're going. I just wanted to shake your hand just to say I did it. And he said, oh, no, that's fine. <laughs> but, um, yeah. That's good, isn't so it? So it was a jolly old moment for me. Yeah. Just as it has been a jolly old moment. Oh, what a lovely day it's been <laughs> to talk it's to my very, very special uh, illuminary, illumin, illuminary cinematic icon guest, player of, of the most wonderful heartwarming characters in cinema history. He's Hugh Keysburn. Hugh, thank you. Lovely, thank you. Thank you very much. Thank All you for right, letting us know. All right, rock ride. on, everybody. Take care.